Believe it or not. Strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. Unbelievable? Believe it. Ripley's Believe It or Not. Incomparable, inimitable, illimitable, inestimable, introducer of immeasurable, incalculable, incredible impossibility. Welcome to the Ripley's Believe It or Not cast, the podcast that brings you deep into the strange, the bizarre, and the unusual. I'm Colton Cruz. If you're wondering where Brent and Ryan have gone, don't worry, they're off preparing for season two of the Notcast. In the meantime, we're taking a closer look at the or not side of Believe It or Not. Joining me are Ripley's webmaster Adam Doricott and social media do-it-all Steph Destazio. Thank you for letting me out of my corner of the office to come and talk about some interesting topics. Yep, very excited to be here. So why don't you guys each give a little buy-in about yourselves to introduce uh, our listeners to you guys. Sure. So since we're talking about nature and wildlife, I figured I'd share a unique pet that I used to have as a child. My believe it or not is that I actually used to raise butterflies. So while most people had cats and dogs as pets, uh, my family went out into a field and picked up caterpillars and we raised them until they were monarchs and released them back to the wild. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mine's going to come in a whole lot more dry than that. <laughs> nothing, nothing so exciting for me. Uh, but uh, the building I graduated in uh, from my university back in Britain was once upon a time the tallest building in the world. Uh, back in the 1300s, it was right up there towering over the pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as for myself, my believe it or not is that when I was a kid at summer camp, I was bitten by a black widow spider. But all I did was get sick, didn't tell anybody about it. Turns out, believe it or not... Black widow spiders don't don't kill people. Nobody nobody has ever been recorded dying from a black widow spider bite itself. So what did you do when you were bitten by the black widow? Well, you know, I was a kid and I'd been told nothing but if you get bit by a black widow spider, you die. So I was scared. I just didn't tell anybody. I just got sick, laid in my tent, and kind of just weathered it, I guess. Just accepted your fate. Yeah, I was, you know, the end of eight-year-old mortality. <laughs> All right, guys, do you guys remember what the or not section of the show is? Yes, we dive a little bit deeper into debunking things that most people seem to think are true, but maybe not so much. That's right. It's the section where we put modern-day facts to the test, because you can't always believe what you hear. Now, what do you guys know about lemmings? I'm going to assume that you're not talking about the 80s Atari video game. Uh, It's probably not what we're looking for today. No, I wasn't around for the Atari. Neither was I, but I I had one for a little while, Uh, one of those... Cool kids, I believe is the term. <laughs> uh, but I know a little bit. I've obviously read our article about it and uh, heard all the myths and seen some of the truths on the other side. I am totally on the flip side. I don't know near anything about lemmings besides the fact that they are basically suicidal hamsters. So I just picture a tiny little hamster on a wheel and a whole herd of them jumping off cliffs. So you're, you're pretty close there, uh, Steph. So lemmings are indeed hamster-sized rodents that live in the snowy Arctic. They have a reputation for participating in massive migrations where herds of the tiny critters mindlessly leap off of cliffs to their <laughs> deaths. We shouldn't laugh at that. It's a serious <laughs> issue and a serious rumor to tell. Uh, there's a few different versions of this going around, though. Some people say that they're unable to change direction once they start migrating in their herds. Uh, but some other people just claim that they're really not that intelligent and they just hit the cliff and keep going. Right, so it's like that mentality when your mom always said, well, if... If Johnny jumped off a cliff, would you do it too? The lemmings basically said, yeah, sure. All right, so that's that's the reputation stuff. But what if I told you lemmings don't jump off of cliffs? 
that this entire idea is a fabrication, a fabrication no less, perpetrated by the Walt Disney Company. Disney making a film that they want to hide from people? <laughs> I can't believe that. But anyway, b- basically nobody in the world knew what The Lemming was before the Walt Disney Company came along and included it in a film called White Wilderness. So White Wilderness was one of the company's nature documentaries in the 1950s. These were films with massive budgets and they showed true to life, with some air quotes in there, depictions of animals in their natural environments. They were a precursor to some of those big nature documentaries we know today, the more traditional ones that we regularly watch. So not cartoon animals and talking skunks and all that kind of stuff. Well, believe it or not, we actually just discovered a story today about a woman in the United Kingdom who, like Bambi and Flower, keeps a skunk support animal when she goes out in public. Not really sure how she's swinging that one by. It's not like your normal dog that wears a service vest, but her pet skunk actually helps with her anxiety, so. An emotional support skunk. That's interesting. I feel like a skunk on my shoulder would make me very nervous. It is a beautiful skunk. I'm not really shocked by this news. Uh, Somebody coming from Britain and reading some low-tier newspapers The range of emotional support animals recently has been getting pretty wild. I was recently reading about taking your emotional support animal on a plane, and I saw different animals in there, including uh, small ponies, at least some hogs, definitely some monkeys getting involved there as well, all put under that banner of emotional support animal. And how, how how do you fit a pony on a plane? So the picture I saw, and I don't know if this was staged or not, but I, I did see this, was they took the exit row with the bulkhead in front of them. Uh, the couple owning the pony had two of the seats. The third seat was for the pony. <laughs> but because it can't sit in a seat, like a normal traditional guest on a plane, uh, it did decide to just stand in the footwell. So they had actually uh, no leg room, but they did get their emotional support pet on with them. I feel like a skunk would be a much harder pet to get on an airplane to convince all of those passengers that that was, that was a good idea. Yeah, this woman would definitely have the whole plane to herself if people found out that there was a skunk on board with her, so. So back to White Wilderness. This film was released in 1958. Norwegian Lemmings were filmed in Alberta, Canada. A quick production note here though, it's rumored the Walt Disney Company was paying a dollar per lemming to local Inuit hunters to provide these rodents for filming. A dollar a lemming seems like a pretty good deal. I don't know what the going rate on lemming rental is. What a business to be in. So, you haven't seen this film, stuff. No, I have not. Okay, I know I've seen some parts of it, and I know Colton's definitely marathoned it all the way through numerous times. Okay, yeah. So, what we're gonna do is we're gonna show Steph the infamous clip of the lemmings from the movie, and I want you, Steph, to describe to our listeners exactly what you're seeing. Alrighty, I can do that. Alright, so a herd of lemmings is basically barreling down a cliff right now. The first one jumped and the rest just continued with him. Yeah, they're just tumbling down. They just keep coming. There is a good amount of lemmings here. That's a lot of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> the narrator describes it as an avalanche of lemmings. Would you call it an avalanche, Steph? I would. There's a huge herd of them. That's a road sign I'm not going to see. Watch <laughs> out, falling lemmings. <laughs> now they're kind of contemplating whether or not they want to jump off the cliff. They're peeking over. It seems like it's a far drop, and yet they all just start falling off the end of this cliff. And it's crazy once the first one goes, how all the rest just decide they're gonna go too. It's raining lemmings in here. This is early peer pressure if I've ever seen it. It looks like they're just trying to parachute, but there's no parachutes involved. Okay, the rainstorm of lemmings has ceased. Oh, they're swimming. And now they're swimming. 
The narrator describes it as they're swimming because they think they're in a lake and there's another body of land close by. So they're all kind of just making their way out into the middle of their horizon with no land in sight. All right, they all seem to be living, which is good for now. They're really out there. I mean, yeah. right now they're definitely in the water. There's no two ways about it. They are swimming into the abyss. A legend of mass suicide. The narrator's really hamming this one up oh, for yeah. them. So essentially, the narrator is also telling us that the select few that are left are going to be the ones to populate the next group of lemmings. So basically, he's talking this up to be a way to regulate their population, and they know it. So the narration in that video actually states, A kind of compulsion seizes each tiny rodent, and carried along by unreasoning hysteria, each falls into step for a march that will take them to a strange destiny. I really sold that one in White Wilderness. But it was a complete fabrication. What we don't see, Steph, just off the screen, the filmmakers were pushing those lemmings off that cliff. They weren't even jumping into the ocean like the narrator says. It was actually a river they were filming on. That is unbelievable. So a lot of the lemming footage was completely staged. Uh, to make it look like there was a larger herd of them, they used a snow-covered Lazy Susan and then spun the pool of lemmings right in front of the camera. So basically we had a ton of dizzy lemmings jumping off a cliff. Being shoved off of a cliff. Being shoved off of a cliff. All right, Adam, in your best David Attenborough, what can you tell us about the real lemming? Uh, I'll try my best. I'm no Sir David Attenborough, but uh, I'll give it a go. Yeah, he does have the title. I think I'm obliged to use it. Well, like any good lie, there is a bit of truth tucked away in parts of the lemming story. Lemmings live in the tundra, where they build tunnels underground during long periods of snow. While winter rages on, these rodents travel and copulate under the snow, expanding their populations. As the thaw of spring comes, all of these lemmings can find themselves above ground with too many mouths to feed. They sometimes make enormous migrations looking for new food sources. Depending on climate, predators, and food, a lemming population can increase tenfold over the winter season. In their search for food, they have been seen swimming across lakes en masse, and some have been observed drowning. This is far from mass suicide or intentional cliff jumping. Believe it or not! The Interim Notcast is produced by myself and Sabrina Seek. Our executive producer is Amanda Joyner, and special thanks go out to Brent and Ryan for letting us host while they're out working on season two. You can find more stories and a whole collection of or nots on our website, ripleys.com. And as always, if you enjoy this episode and the Notcast, please subscribe and tell your friends. Please leave a review on the Notcast on iTunes. It definitely helps us out. And if you have questions, comments, or ideas, email us at notcast at ripleys.com or tweet us at ripleys. Be sure to tune in next week when we dive deep into the idea that cockroaches can survive a nuclear apocalypse. Gross. Nasty. Since the moment of our birth.